Welcome back to the High Tech Freedom Sales Podcast. So on today's episode, my guest, Peter Stube, discusses innovation in sales. Peter believes in cooperation over competition, and he talks about a new Gartner peer community that's been created and is focused on becoming a valuable resource for sales, both for networking and for engagement with decision makers. During our discussion, we, we also cover the evolving nature of the sales role and the importance of storytelling for salespeople. Peter shares his career journey from sales on Wall Street, sitting on trading desks, to community building events, tech startups, and then eventually helping build out this new Gartner peer community. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. This is a podcast where we bring successful tech sales professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs to share best practices, insights, and lessons learned with other tech sales professionals. As a sales professional, the more we learn, the more we earn. Once we earn it, how can we put those hard-earned commission dollars back to work to build additional income streams that will create the freedom we are all working to achieve? I'm your host, Chris Freeman. I'm a high-tech sales leader, real estate investor, and lifetime learner. All right, Peter, welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. How are you doing? I am doing great. Thanks for having me, Chris. Super excited for today's conversation. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, we just briefly met. So you're relatively new within a year at uh, Gartner. Yeah. And you and I uh, kind of stumbled across each other with some of the work you're doing on a new Gartner community. But before we jump into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. And uh, really excited to talk about Gartner Peer Community because it is different than Gartner. So, um, but first and foremost about me, uh, I guess my 30 second life story, and I'll hope to do it in that. So, I actually started my career in sales. I am very proud that actually my upbringing was not in what you'd consider traditional tech or the tech industry entirely. I started on Wall Street trading desks and was working, you know, in a combination of both sales and trading roles, evolving into just providing value to those clients through more community building events and uh, you know sharing of information. Uh, it's actually, funnily enough, come under a lot of scrutiny from the SEC. So I'm happy I'm out of it, the world. But the concept of idea dinners was something that I was involved in bringing together clients and having them share information about what they might be investing in or putting uh, their assets towards and you know promoting that. But then you know over time, I was really happy to see my career evolve into the tech space. I uh, ran my own business also, you know, centered in and around having conversations like you with IT professionals in the form of a, you know, a research business where I was interviewing both uh, CIO, CISO, CTO types at large um, organizations around the globe, as well as founders of mostly, you know, mid-stage series B to, you know, later stage uh, privately held tech companies. You know, kind of giving them a floor and an opportunity to talk about their products and their differentiation as well, bringing all those views and opinions together into a library, which was ultimately sold to the financial industry for their own uh, due diligence efforts as well. So oh, wow. that brought me on a pathway to go and work actually in the RPA space as well and and launched a, um, was with a startup in that 
industry and was responsible for their partnerships and alliances. And bringing things full circle, I am at Gartner today, uh, building out, as you stated, Gartner Peer Community. And Gartner Peer Community is most simply described as, say, like a LinkedIn or a Twitter or Quora alternative, again, with the attempt of kind of removing some of the bottlenecks that professionals experience in their networking experience with those large-scale open social media type platforms, um, kind of bringing the best of both worlds of your industry group along with your social media platform. I'll pause. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's no, it's interesting because I mean, every, if you're on LinkedIn, you know, it's, it's a noisy platform nowadays. And so, uh, you know, the, the ability to network is just so much harder today with all the commercials, all the noise. And I'm sure I'm guilty of it. I put little video snippets of this podcast out there. So, you know, what you're doing is totally different. So yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, but why start? I mean, what was the, what was the genesis of this Gartner peer community? Yeah. Um, what really kicked it off? Yeah, so uh, peer is something that Gartner has done historically. You know, it's not something that Gartner has shied away from. For people that have worked with Gartner historically, you know, they may be accustomed to what is self-described as a chauffeured experience, right? So you're given, you know, expert insights and you're given uh, a real pathway to uh, figuring out your mission critical priorities and, and your mission critical decisions. Again, that is, you know, being at a truly chauffeured experience, there is a opportunity for a complement to that, meaning input from peers and people that are on the ground doing it. And then also an ability to source that in a self-service way, rather than quite frankly, having to rely on your next scheduled call with your Gartner analyst or your Gartner counterpart. So that would be number one in terms of, you know, the opportunity that Gartner sees in terms of a complement to its existing offering. And it gives us the opportunity to also cover things that would fall outside the realm of traditional Gartner coverage, call it the long tail of innovation or things that are truly more niche to the audience that simply analysts can't <laughs> cover entirely. So uh, that would be number one. And I'd say number two is, as you stated, there is a real opportunity here in the marketplace, and we've identified a true market fit to, in a sense, also provide a complement. I would say that we're in co-opetition with folks like LinkedIn, like Twitter, like Quora, like Stack Overflow, to um, really bring a place that is more noise-free and be an opportunity for us to then on the other end of the spectrum, say, if you're a member of an industry group, give you more scale and more opportunity to connect way further even beyond that industry group. So think of us somewhere in between those two offerings and those two platforms, I think is the, the, the best way to talk about it today. Yeah. So I've checked it out and I've been poking around and you know, it seems like it's really built around a right. Um, there's groups based on sort of what you do. So if you're an IT, uh, you know, CISO, CIO, you know, there's groups for you. If you're a salesperson, it looks like there's groups for you. And it's really built out, built up around asking a question and getting feedback and having open dialogue with people in your group. And, and um, you know, there's no promotion. There's no advertisement. People aren't jamming a bunch of product information in there. So it's kind of getting back to the roots of information sharing like peers. Is that kind of a good assessment? That's the perfect assessment. And truly, like it, we have a lot of things in place. One, the users are verified. So they are who they say they are and they do what they say they do. As you mentioned, we do at this point in time place people effectively in silos so that they're able to truly communicate 
with people that are facing the same challenges and have the same roles and responsibilities as them. We've also put in place things, for instance, when you do launch your own question or launch your own poll, that's done so anonymously so that you can be vulnerable and also share a question that maybe you would feel otherwise judged for having to ask in the first place. But then still, again, coming back to that verified user base of other professionals that have that same title and same responsibilities of you, being being able to verify the responses to those questions or being able to verify the responses of those polls is coming from the people that matter most and are most qualified to give you an opinion on how to make that decision or how to move forward with your work is truly you know, what we're striving for as we build out the community. Interesting. Well, so Peter, one of the main reasons I wanted to bring you on as a guest is so I just recently had an episode, a solo episode out on why do salespeople constantly need to be innovating in their business? And this is an example of something new that's developing out there that if you're a salesperson, you need to be constantly thinking about and looking at what tools can you leverage to improve how you go to market, how you build your brand, how you connect with people, how you maybe find your next job. And um, I don't know that, you know, I've got the, your Gartner community all figured out, but I, I wanted to give you an opportunity to sh- bring that to my audience. So if you're a sales pro out there, check it out and, and, and see if it's something that you should start to explore a little bit more. So Peter, my question to you is, if a salesperson can't promote what they do, why would they go on it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this is where the world is just headed entirely. You know, I really, I used to already once in this conversation, but I truly believe in the word co-opetition rather than competition. And I think that, you know, in a space where we are still at the end of the day competing for dollars and we need to feed our families, we can still benefit from learning from each other. And that's what this platform truly prioritizes or gives us a safe safe space to do that. You know, when it comes to, you know, it's a great augment and a great research arm in addition to the people that subscribe and listen to your program as well. It is also a very effective way to get fast answers as well, too. So we know that, you know, doom scrolling or spending time on, listening to or reading an entire blog post or listening to an entire podcast, if you have a very precise and specific question, this is a great way to address a large audience, not having to build up your own follower base and just get really, truly, you know, hopefully we're striving towards instant feedback from, from a peer group. And then, you know, taking that forward to further formulate your theses and further formulate and gut check what you might be doing within your organization but you know, have that have input from people outside of just your close circle is something I think is really powerful. So uh, yeah, interesting. Before we jump into the topic, I wanted to let you know that we just launched a monthly drawing for one of our insulated high tech freedom tumblers. Now I've been sending these out as a thank you gift to each of our guests, and the response has been great. You know, everyone has a full-size coffee cup, a Yeti, or whatever brand that they might use, but not everybody has the small tumbler that you can put your wine or beverage of choice in. And they're great for the deck, beach, camping, or just, you know, just keeping your drink warm or cold. Now, I'm not selling these, but I am excited about them. So we decided to offer these up to the loyal podcast listeners by doing a monthly drawing. So if you're interested, go to hightechfreedom.com forward slash mug, that's M-U-G, and you'll see a picture of the Tumblr and you can enter. We'll just collect your name, phone number, and email, 
And if you do win, we'll then follow up and ask for your mailing address so we know where to send it. If you don't win, your name stays in so you don't need to re-enter. So you're building this up, right? You're trying to get more people into the uh, into the platform. You know, what are some of the, uh, the the challenges of going out and building something or promoting something that's new that, you know, it's essentially it's free. I mean, it's not like you're out there selling a product, but you're trying to get people to start using it, uh, sign up and then engage. Yeah, so definitely. I uh, So being a former salesperson, I understand the challenges of just getting quota and getting revenue in the door. And I, I know that how challenging that is. And there is certainly a different element of having to be, say, a salesperson that's selling something for free, right? Uh, but what I and, you know, I think every single salesperson is on the battleground competing for is time and mindshare. And, you know, I think Warren Buffett very famously said it, or maybe it was Charlie Munger, it was one of the two, but they're both a lot smarter than I am. And they said that time is the only commodity that we can't purchase. And for us, it's, you know, a val- the, the importance is, you know, expressing if you have X amount of time in the day, how much is that to, is going to be committed to this particular platform or this particular part of your decision-making process? And we true, truly are trying to bite into other things that have significant mind share with professionals already. So that's where we're at. The biggest challenge is the cold start. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, getting that uh, momentum, especially when it comes to community and especially when it comes to what, what we were doing, you know, the value of the platform comes when it reaches a certain scale. So how do we reach that, <laughs> that scale in order to truly, truly make it powerful for our users? is i would say the number one you know biggest challenge for us and there's a lot of things that we need to do in order to get there yeah yeah well it's like no it's no different than a, than a company that's starting up right you need to go get a certain amount of scale to get a certain amount of revenue to be able to get more funding to be able to go deliver those features to allow you to compete in other markets where you want to take share and so it's uh it's a little bit of a race to to get some momentum and get some scale i imagine so, you know, you've been in marketing roles, sales roles, as I mentioned. Um, how has, you know, if, in your opinion, how has the sales role evolved? Yeah, definitely. So I would view the sales role as evolving. Of course, I was in a world where steak dinners and pounding the phones was the way that you did it. And it was quality over quality. So I have seen and also just been really, truly attached and inspired by Salespeople that are evangelists rather than card carrying, cold calling type of folks, or maybe bringing that grit of the traditional role and complementing it with the creativity of the storytelling and the evangelizing. And I think that that is where I've seen a lot of other salespeople be super successful is the ability to tell a story rather than just overly pound the, the pavement communicating it. So there was a, a LinkedIn post that I saw the other day of prompting the sales universe whether or not um, salespeople should be responsible for writing blogs for their company. And if that's a valuable re- time of their resources. So whether I can debate on whether it's you know specific and valuable to the individual company, I would argue that if a salesperson cannot write a blog or write a story about their product or their experience working with a customer, 
they shouldn't be in sales. <laughs> so uh, that was my, that's kind of my bold take as a, and I was made sure to include that on the post when it was originally made. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I think there's the ability to write one. Right. And then there's the, you know, getting it done, which it's like updating your Salesforce. Yeah, you know, you know your deal, but you're not going to get, you're not putting in the notes and you're not going to update Salesforce. So you're probably not going to go out and actually write the blog, but that's a whole nother topic. Uh, I agree with the storytelling. In fact, I just ran into a guy yesterday. I was at a trade show. I was filling in, doing some booth duty. And I ran into a guy who I met gosh, I don't know, like 20 years ago when he was working for a, some, somewhat of a startup company that um, the vendor I was with, we were partnered with him. And I just remember back then he was such an awesome storyteller because he was selling something that was a new way of doing something, a new type of technology. And he was such a fantastic storyteller. And he was already a little bit older. And I saw him yesterday and he's working for a security company now. And his only job, they pay him yeah. to fly around and tell stories. For their on behalf of their company and it's really he's made a career out of it because he's so good at it uh so just interesting to see that progression of a great storyteller as a rep to now you're making a really nice income and by the way his story is mostly about himself you know his it's just 40 years of 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 technology but he sort of built it around his own journey in the it security space really fascinating I was just going to say the chief evangelist role is something that I think is more and more prevalent in tech companies today. And I support wholeheartedly. I mean, Guy Kawasaki was the original one for Apple. And I've admired another guy, Guy Kirkwood, who is now uh, moved on from UiPath and was one of the first most integral parts of their entire go-to-market motion. And I just think that, you know, I, I just have a lot of admiration for that type of role. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Peter, if somebody would like to uh, reach out with to you or check out the Gartner Peer Community, uh, what should they do? Yeah, definitely. So I am still very much active on LinkedIn and still will continue to utilize that as a resource for connecting with people and telling stories and promoting those stories. Uh, the The Gartner Peer Community platform is also open, free, and available to the public and accessible via gartner.com slash peer community. Uh, so I would love to interact with professionals on there and do it more in the spirit of helping them address their day-to-day -day business issues rather than uh, promoting the, uh, you know, what the what their most recent blog post is. But I love doing that as well and will continue doing that as well too. So Find me on LinkedIn. Find me on Gartner Peer Community. Either way, I'm you know really my doors are open and would love to connect with the rest of your community. Sounds great. We'll put your LinkedIn uh, link in the show notes, and it's Peter Stuby. So check him out. Uh, Peter, really appreciate the time today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Chris. It was excellent to be here. My pleasure. Thanks again for joining us today. To get more sales and real estate tips, you can subscribe to our newsletter at hightechfreedom.com. You can also join our private Facebook and LinkedIn group that is exclusively for sales professionals. If you found a nugget of good information in the podcast, please subscribe, give us a positive rating and write a review. If there is a topic that you would like us to cover in the future, please send us a note through our website at hightechfreedom.com. Until next week, make this your best week ever.